Attention. 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 Rosetta Stone invites you to be a part of its biggest language learning event in history. Because in 2011, we want to help 3 million people learn a new language. That's why we're going to give you an absolutely free demo of our language immersion technology. Call 1-800-522-1164. Developed to fully immerse you in your new language, the Rosetta Stone solution is easier than ever before. For your free demo, call 1-800-522-1164. 1-800-522-1164. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Dream Reality New Earth Radio, reminding you that the choice is yours. I'm Dr. Dream with my co-host Ilya Nabatovsky, and now on with the show. Well, here we are. It is November 8th, 2011. You have found your way to Dream Reality, New Earth Radio. I am your host, Dr. Dream, and our co-host... And I am, of course, Ilya Nabokovsky. How are you, Dr. Dream? Well, you know, a little bit tongue-tied, but other than that, I'm doing just fine. It's all good in my world. How's everything for you? Everything's perfect. I'm just floating on a cloud of bliss and love. It's amazing. And we're only three days away from 11-11-11. Not only that... There's a full moon the day before. It's like all these things are converging, and I don't know about you, but I really feel the energy. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? This is – it's outrageous what's happening right now. I mean, it's – I am I wake up tingling a little bit more every day. It's like this is – It's. I just feel the, the building up and the building up and the building up. It is. It is really, really exciting. Yeah, and um, and we were talking right before the broadcast about some of the things that you've been up to, and oh wait, I know you, you can't went... you can't say any of that. I, I told you all that, and come. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, you're talking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, I am talking about that thing, and of course, it's the enlightenment. Nope, it's the light. Okay, I got it wrong. The, the enlightenment. The Enlightened Entrepreneur Summit. That's what I was. That's what I said. And you went to this Enlightened Entrepreneur Summit. There were amazing beings there that had, I'm sure, uh, beautiful presentations. And if I was in Southern California, I would have to go and attend. But since you were there, um, please share with us um, what did you learn and how was your experience there? Well, I will tell you that it was really good for me to be there, although. It was a three-day event. Um, I was invited by Maria Simone, who was the organizer, and I was her guest. Um, and I was there for the first day, and I didn't go back. But don't tell anyone. Um, 
you know, it's interesting. All the people that were there were looking to figure out how to pitch funders for money. Mm. And so when I went there, I thought that what I wanted to do was learn how to pitch funders for money also. <laughs> so what happened? I realized during the first day that I didn't want to pitch funders for money. I wanted to work through a particular energetic block I've been holding on to for a while. And in that first day, through my conversations and interactions with some amazing people, I learned the true nature of that energetic block in my universe. And um, I spent the next two days in Orange County uh, taking care of some things. Uh, the truck, Ilya, the truck that we have driven all over the country with no longer has a mast on it. Um, wow. Yeah, took a forklift to get that sucker off. Anyway, um, lots of stuff happening. It was it was great to be in the energy, but you know sometimes you just realize like you know this isn't really what I need to be focused on right now, and I got everything I needed in the first day. I will tell you, I followed um, some postings by other people and some things like that, and the the next two days were incredibly wonderful and um, and powerful for people and. Uh, I love it. I think that is um, exactly what it needs to be. You know, we all get um, we all get what we need. Absolutely, and always live. You know, by the motto that it's it's all in divine perfection, and really have to look past the perfections because everything is always perfect. And when we could really be grateful for what we do have, and really see everything as is and just really not have judgment for it and, you know, appreciate what we have, then we really manifest more miracles. When we see things as miracles, we manifest more miracles. And we and when we see things as not being enough or, or when we see ourselves as not good enough, we manifest more of that energy, what we're putting out. So I'm glad that uh, you're able to share that with us and, um, I'm definitely looking forward to expanding that topic further in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, and I, I you know I do one-on-one calls with with folks from all over the country, and um, I'm working with a um, a 17 year old young lady, young woman in um, on the East Coast, whose sister has been to several activations, whose brother has been to a galactivation, and it changed their lives, and they're like, we want a 17-year-old sister to go through this. And so that's something that you know, we just started our process uh, yesterday. And then today I worked with someone um, that I met at Leaders Causing Leaders, and um, what a powerful session. And you know what it all had to do with? Conscious business taking a leap of faith, going from the old paradigm to the new paradigm. I am telling you, Billy, I love, absolutely love this stuff. Mm, beautiful, brother. And it's really interesting how business itself is being molded and really being transformed to where we don't see it in the same way that we used to before. And I'm also very looking forward to seeing how it continues to transform as we move further and further into this uh, new earth and expand our awareness and raise our levels of consciousness. Um, And so with that, um, I just want to, again, um, 
say thank you for, you know, being an example of higher consciousness business ethics. And, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful for that, Dr. Dream. Well, I appreciate that, Elena. You you always have this knack for putting the right combination of words together as it flows from your heart. Thank you, brother. I truly do appreciate that as well. Now, um, you've been you've been holding down, like I say, the energetic anchor um, on the East Coast, and um, tell us, give us. Give us an idea before we introduce our our first guest. You know, we have three guests tonight. But anyway, let's mm. I, <laughs> I jump ahead. Let's um let's hear what's happening um back there on the East Coast. Absolutely, brother. Um well, I'll start with uh this past Saturday I went to Wall Street to check out what's going on in the Occupy movement because all the people in New York uh, are all talking about the Occupy Wall Street movement and all this. And I've been there before. Um, however, um, it's been a while since I went back. And I went back this past Saturday. And I have to tell you, um, I honestly did not like what I see, what I saw there. Um, there were there was a lot of energy that really didn't resonate with me. Um, when I when it first started, there was a lot of compassion. And a lot of pro- and a lot of progressive thoughts and actions and deeds. And now that it's at this stage, I see that many people have begun to take advantage of it and um, really use it for their own benefit. So um, it is what it is, and I'm sure it's all perfect. Um, but it, it definitely uh, it needs some, some work to do, and uh, I feel like it's going to uh, shift in major ways quite soon. All right, I love it, and thanks for keeping us uh, posted on that. It it just helps. Lots of stuff, you know. Lots of energetic, um, energetic movement, you know. And uh, we're just we gotta hold the faith and know we're in the right place at the right time. And you know what? That's that's why tonight's show is. Um, really so important i i feel because um we're really fortunate to have three of um the main draw speakers certainly in my book from um the uh alchemy event metamorphosis um 11 11 11 the 12th and the 13th it's a 3-day event and um definitely got um Got got some good stuff going on with this, and I just think that that it's about so much right now is is really just paying attention to the messages and and you know what what everyone's putting out there, and that's um that's what this event uh you know has has so much to do with. So um, at this point, what I would like us to do is um to go ahead and uh introduce our um our first speaker and he is no stranger to our broadcast that's for sure i i believe he's been on uh, well certainly once but but maybe even i i think he's been on twice this is this is his third time on uh dream reality new earth radio and um 
anyone who knows me knows that that this man is is one of my favorite people out there. I love his material. Um, I love his sense of humor. And um, it's just always a treat to interact with him. And I can be speaking of no one other than the one and only Mike Barra. Mike, are you with us? I am here, Mark. Nice to talk to you. <laughs> it's great to have you here. <laughs> what? It, it is great to have you here. Very exciting. Yeah, yeah, you too. You're, you're breaking up just a little bit, but uh, yeah. So forgive me if I don't hear things exactly perfect there. All right. Working on the sound. Ilya called back on his cell phone. I may need to uh, to do that uh, myself also. Ilya, are you with us? Can you hear me? There he is. There. We got uh, a little snippet of can, can we hear you. Interesting. We've got, um, we, we don't really ever have any interference on the line. So kind of interesting that we're dealing with... Uh, Whatever it is dealing with, maybe um, the the forces that be, the shadow government, may be out to get us tonight. <laughs> could be very well, could very well be it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, um, here we are. We're on the brink of eleven, eleven, eleven. Your 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 last book, uh, the choice, um, just gave me so much clarity um and and insight and I absolutely loved it because it its message obviously by the title is so empowering. Tell me, you know, the last time we talked to you it was a little bit back a ways. Um but give us an idea of what's what's been going on and, and um how things are, are stacking up in our other experience of reality based on what you've written about in the choice and what you continue to speak on. Well, I guess what's been going on is that pretty much everything I've been predicting is coming to pass. You know, everything that I put in the book seems like it's happening. So I'm, you know, not surprised by anything going on. I'm not surprised by the Occupy movement. I'm not surprised by the Tea Party movement. Um, I was not surprised to hear Ilya say that the, the whole Occupy thing has kind of gone in a direction that he's not fond of because really it's being backed primarily by by you know various different Marxist factions out there that are do not have the best interests and freedoms of I don't think uh, most people in 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 their hearts and uh, there are a lot of you know there's a lot of destructive people in this nation and they they just want to destroy the the good everything whether it's good or bad they don't like the United States very much and they'd like to see it come crumbling down so I don't know that that's any mo movement that most people want to be a part of I find it. Interesting, though, from my perspective, that you've got these two different movements, the Tea Party and the the, the Occupy movement, and really they're they're kind of a diametrically opposed ideas of of what's okay, you know, what what they want the future to look like. Um, the Occupy movement is, you know, I think it's I think it's pretty phony the way it's been presented to people. It's really a bunch of uh, kind of the usual suspects that have been the professional protesters for the last I don't know 35 or 40 years, and I don't I don't think there's much new in there. But the interesting thing about it is is that what it's fulfilling is what I talked about in the choice, which is that we're going to have polarization. We're going to have people going to extremes at both ends, and I, you know the Tea Party would be maybe some people consider them to be pretty extreme in the fact that they they want to rein in government, they want to cut the size of government drastically, they want to get rid of entitlement programs that they feel like we can't afford. And then you've got this other movement which basically wants to 
I I think that Occupy movement basically, which you, when you look at it, it, it's it's fascism. So essentially, you've got this tremendous polarization going on. In other words, the scales are going to go back and forth as we try to find balance and decide exactly what it is that we really want over this next period of transition. So I, I you know, to me, it's not whether um, one side is right or one side is wrong. It's it's the fact that these two sides even exist out there is what's fascinating to me and it is shaking you know the underpinnings of of the financial um structures that we have the the monetary structures and the government structures that we're that we're currently comfortable with so it's um it's really stuff right out of the choice and i'm really kind of um kind of fascinated to see this go on and see how it's going to play itself out now mike for for those uh, I, I can't say those of us. I've read your book a couple of times now, just so I can keep up in conversation with you. But for for any of the listeners that um, that haven't read the choice, give us um, like the author's synopsis, or you know, sort of an energetic um, description of of what what it's about. Well, I guess you know what I try to do is that I try to take a look at the current um, social, political financial and and scientific trends, physical trends that are going on right now at this time in history and look at all the different teachings and aspects of of this 2012 period, this era of change that we're going through and try to decide try to decide how much of it was valid and how much of it was was, you know, just a lot of baloney. And what I found out is that there is this underlying physics which is which is geared to the spin energy of the planets themselves, the solar system that we live in and that we are a part of, which is going to drive our consciousness to these these extremes of uh, conflict that we're going to have as we struggle to decide what the future of the human race is going to be for the next, I think, you know, processional cycle, another 26,000 years. So kind of what I, I did in the book is I showed people that, you know, there is a, a physical connection between the planets and us and our consciousness and electrical instruments, and there's all kinds of scientific evidence to support these ideas, um, that the so-called laws of physics that we all believe in are just a bunch of baloney and that you know we are that what it what it shows what the astrology which is connected to this physics and astronomy shows is that during this 2012 era which i think started a few years ago and is going to go on maybe all the way through 2023 we're just going to keep shifting and changing and deciding and making choices about what we want our future to be and the really cool aspect of all of this is that you know there is energy coming from the center of the galaxy that is pushing this forward that is driving our consciousness to the next level and there's energy coming from the planets and their positions and the 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 things that we're experiencing these fields of energy that we're going through um we actually have the power to control and manipulate in other words Everybody's wondering what's going to happen, you know, in 2012 or 2013 or 2016 or whatever. And the truth is, nobody knows what's going to happen. That's why there's so many different ideas about what will happen because we haven't decided yet. And what what the Mayans teach us, what the ancient cultures all teach us, is that this period in time, this transition, it's up to us to decide how it all comes out. It's up to us to decide what our new forms of government are going to be and what our new financial systems are going to be and and what our future is going to be and. And honestly, one of those choices is 
the scary stuff, the, the, the physical changes, the earthquakes and things. That's one of the options. If we decide we want to wipe the slate clean and start over again, we could do that. It looks like that, that according to the Hopi and some of the ancient cultures, that's been done in the past. But what I'm trying to get people to appreciate is that, hey, this is a two-way street, and, and the energy that we put out, the thought processes that we put out, the thoughts, the feelings, the prayers, the desires that we put out is what we're going to get back. And it's all amplified during this really dramatic period that we're going through. Mm. I love it, Mike. Um, I absolutely am on the same page. Now, you said you were talking about the ancient cultures and the Mayans. Now, I want to ask you this question. Um, I'm sure you're aware of Carl Kalaman uh, and his prediction of you know, October 28th and the end of the ninth wave. Now, I want to mm-hmm. hear what you think about that and uh, just your insights about that whole idea. Well, first of all, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Dr. Kalaman. And actually, in reality, you know, his schedule, um, I had a really profound thing happen to me right when he said people's consciousness was going to shift and mine shifted in exactly that way on exactly that date. So I'm, I've always been very impressed with Dr. Kalaman. But the one thing that I look at is that, hey, what's really driving all this is the astronomy, these alignments of planets in the center of the galaxy and the tremendous spin energy that's coming out of the center of the galaxy and these waves of of what I, you know, what I call torsion energy, torsion fields that are coming um, and hitting the planet. All these things are what's really significant, and that's more significant than his interpretation of what the calendar says. So he has a different interpretation than people like John Major Jenkins and some of the others that put the end of the calendar cycle at December 21st, 2012. And what I'm trying to point out to all of those guys is that really it's the physics of the planetary alignments that's going to dictate all these shifts. And I think that Dr. Kalaman is accurate and correct. We just haven't reached the end point. October 28th was not the end point. Some people view that as like, as, as like the conception, and then the birth will be December 21st, 2012, of whatever this new world is. So um, right now, you know, it's really important for us to appreciate that, that Kalaman is pretty smart, he's pretty accurate. Um, he may have misinterpreted the exact endpoint of this, but the cool thing is, if you put together his stuff and the traditional Mayan teachers like like um, John Major Jenkins, and you put together my physics stuff, what you see is that over the next year we have a series of very, very important dates and, and periods of transition where we're going to be able to heavily, heavily influence what that birth is going to look like and what that new world is going to be when we come out the other end. Awesome. I, I love this. Now, tell me, um, we're, we're coming up this weekend, 11-11-11. Um, right. I, I'm honored to be in your presence this weekend at, at this incredible event, the Alchemy event, alchemyevent.com. Um, what will, will we feel? I mean, will, will anything change? Like, when I see you on 11-12, you know, will it be different? <laughs> um, I don't know that I'll be different, although I think it would be cool if I was rich. But uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be different. I think I think that we're going. I think that we're all sort of changing in a in a very rapid way. Um, and, and I, you know, the energy fields that we're in are very very uh, flexible right now. So we have an opportunity to really, really, truly achieve our dreams that you talk about and really make our own future right now. So I don't think that that particular date, 11-11, 
is significant other than there is a certain numerology to the universe. But what I'm looking at in terms of like alignments of planets and, and the, the center of the galaxy and so forth, there's bigger dates coming up here in the, in the calendar in 2012. There's some eclipses coming up that are going to have a real significant effect on, on how this all shapes up and how it all comes out. And to me, that's more important than, than you know, the randomness of the 11-11-11 date. Gotcha. Now, well, not that it's in, random. Sorry, not that it's random. There is design behind all this, but but it's not. It, it, I know we're not going to be different. You you are not going to be a different person in eleven twelve. Neither am I. Okay. Well, we'll just see about that. Well, except that we'll be a day older. <laughs> we'll be a day older, and we we'll, we will have had new experiences that will have changed our way of thinking. I hope. I love it. Now, let me. Um, oh, I had a question right on the tip of my tongue, and um, it's oh, here it is. So let me ask you, Mike. Um, in in your experience as as Mike Barra, um, what's been changing in the last few months? Um, and are you changing your personal practice, meditation, yoga, anything you know from your own uh, process of personal development? G- give us kind of an idea um, how what it's like for you. Well, I, you know, I don't. Um, I, I'm not real comfortable talking about that. I'm, I'm in a. I've been in a better place than I'm in right now. Let's put it that way. Um, I've got some frustrations in life, like everybody. But it's, it's interesting because every so often, I've asked for things, and they've, they very specifically have come to pass in exactly the way that I asked for them. So you get this constant reinforcement that you know the gods are are out there, whoever's out there watching over you, and they will grant you those those wishes that you that they can and the others you know seem like they're going to take more time and and they don't always come out the way you want them to so um i would just say that you know for me it's been it's been a frustrating few months there's i'd like some things in my life to be different but um you just have to keep in mind that there's always an opportunity for for change and for something maybe better to come along in in the days and weeks and months and the year ahead same the same thing here. I mean, I've I've stated before on this broadcast that from about the beginning of August until um, I guess for me, right around the, the 28th of October, very trying times. Good stuff happening. Really beautiful things happening. I don't think in my life in um, a two or three month period I've ever like cried as much as cried during that time. It was just like. Whoa, okay, not even sure right. what's happening. Now, I feel a different energy now. That's for me, and I don't know if, if, like, you know, and I'm a big fan of Kalaman and all this. I don't know if I'm making it up in my mind, like, oh, if I can just get through till October 28th, you know, all this stuff <laughs> will be settled. And then all of a sudden, like, the 29th, wake up, and I'm like, yeah, here we are. This is great. You know, I don't know how much of that I'm creating, but if I am, it was just nice to exit the other energy. Right. You, you know, and I think the other thing, too, is remember, we each have, you know, not only is the planet going through certain shifts in energy fields and stuff that's caused by this physics, each one of us has an individual schedule, too. In other words, the energy field that you're in or that I'm in as as people is is different than everybody else around us. So there's a macro experience and there's our own personal micro experience. And this has been a tough year. You know, I lost my mom a few months ago, and that has affected me in ways I did not expect. I, I you know, I was surprised by how I reacted to it. It was not exactly unexpected. And I, you know, it's one of those things where you think you're all prepared and then you get, you get hit by some, by, you know, big Joe Frazier left hook and you wonder like, wow, that that hit me in a way I never expected. So, um, you know, it's just, I, I, 
you got to watch out for that. I, I do I do have a friend who's a numerologist. She's a numerologist. She's very talented. But I sometimes wonder if I should just ignore her because maybe maybe things would be would come out more the way I want them if I didn't you know have this thought in the back of my mind that oh but I can't you know oh I'm going to be overreactive this month. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I'm gonna bite people's heads off when I shouldn't and that kind of thing. So um, you know it's just one of those things that we have to keep in mind that each of us is also on our own individual life path and and that may or may not have a lot to do with the bigger picture that's going on in the world. Absolutely, uh, brother. I'm totally with you about, you know, just being our own individual guru and not giving our power away to numerologists or astrologists, but really listening to our inner voice. Mm-hmm. And with that, I want to um, ask you um, if you have any guidance or advice um, for all the people that are listening and will listen to this in the future about what they can do in their personal life to really be able to um, live in harmony with themselves and with the, with the environment and really stay centered and stay at peace uh, with everything that's going on. Well, I think the um, the important thing that I try to tell people is that in order for us to have an effect on the the bigger picture of what's going on, you know, the the shifts in our culture, the shifts in our society, the shifts in our monetary systems, the shifts perhaps in our methods of government. The way to have an effect on that is to to think about it, to pray on it, to meditate on it, to focus on it a little bit, and to think not so much about maybe what you as an individual want for yourself, but what more. Uh, what more you want for the world that you live in? What kind of a world do you want to live in? Do you want to live in a world with more honesty in it? Right now, there's a lot of dishonesty in our political processes. There's a lot of dishonesty in our financial processes. You know, that's one thing to wish for. Not necessarily, oh, I don't like those evil, bad Wall Street bankers. You know, let's go get them. Not that. More of, I want honesty in the monetary system. I want it to be made more honest. I want honesty in government. I want it to be made more honest. That's an idea. That's a way to, to do it. So, um, you know, to me, it's like just basically spending any time at all in that spiritual realm um, and then asking not for yourself but more for, you know, unlike the secret, not asking for yourself but asking for the the world around you, your your world, your city, your country, your community, your your neighborhood, what do you want for those people? What do you want? What kind of an environment do you want to live in? And I mean that in a spiritual sense, an emotional sense, and not just a physical sense. So um, that's what I would, you know, counsel people to do. And I am not a guru, and I have, you know, my own. Like as you guys know, I, you know, we all have our own struggles too. It's hard enough for me to just worry about myself, much less uh, tell anybody else what to do. But that's the key: is just find out your center. Find your spiritual center and ask for what you really want for everyone around you. Beautiful. Thank you. That was so perfectly stated, Mike. And and really, you know, you know, I, I feel very strongly about you and and what you have put out um in this book, The Choice. And as I listen to you speak, I'm again just touched by, you know, this energy of you know, assisting us, knowing that it's us, you know, that 
that we can look out there and we can blame and we can we can become the victim to whatever we want and and that'll be very real but but that's not what it's about and it's it's really about you know focusing our energy no matter what's going on around us you know um Laura and I just keep learning this lesson of no matter what chaos is happening around us if we can just keep um, in our own alignment and in our balance that mm-hmm. stuff doesn't have to affect us at all and and that just is like that's a huge lesson because it's one you know in my 47 years I chose not to learn um until now <laughs> yeah well <laughs> I'm glad I could help you with that mark <laughs> no you're you're awesome and I'm really excited now um the reason you're on the the broadcast tonight is of course you're one of the main speakers at uh, Metamorphosis, the alchemy event in Los Angeles, um, 11-11, 11-12, 11-13. Which day is yours? Are you on? I I am 11-12. I am on Saturday, the big day when, you know, George Norrie is going to be there and all the all the famous people. So <laughs> I get to be on 11-12. Nice. And tell me, you are also on the panel. You're, you're presenting yeah. and you're on the George Norrie panel. Yeah, we're gonna t- we're gonna be on the panel um, talking about you know the twenty the twenty twelve thing, and I you know I think like um, like your listeners must realize by now I kind of have a unique uh, approach to it, so I'm gonna try to bring my own um, focus on this and try to get people to appreciate that they are the ones in control, not the secret government and not the bankers and not the politicians. We're the ones in control. So what's gonna go down is what we choose to have go down. So. Don't blame anybody but yourself if it doesn't come out the way you want it. I love it, and and we really um, really bring a refreshing energy to um, to this event. I'm I'm really excited uh, that yeah, we're both too. participating. Now, also, um, I know there's lots of people listening to this from from points all over the world. Um, it is a global webcast for three days. You can go to the website Alchemy Events. Dot com and sign up for the global webcast. I think it's $69 for all three days. Um, and, I mean, some of the top speakers in the truth movement, in the um, human development, uh, you know, empowering human potential movement um, are going to be part of this, many of them live, um, some uh, Skyped in, but uh, all the main speakers will be on the global webcast. So that's... Um, that's awfully exciting, and um, I'll see you on um, on the 12th. Now, can you share with us what you're doing on the 11th? <laughs> what I'm doing on the 11th? I'm going to take a little extra time uh, on that day because of the, the numerical significance to really um, be more selflessly focused rather than selfishly focused. In other words, I'm not going to spend a lot of my prayer meditation time thoughts on on myself, but more on on benefiting other people because I, I just think that's a good thing to do and when you're in that that energy field it would be a good thing to do every day but it's hard <laughs> so you know what i'm going to do is for 24 hours i'm going to try to focus on on others and, and not so much on what i want mike you're real and you're a great example for all of us thank you so much for being on tonight's broadcast hey how people um Get a copy of the choice. How can they connect with you? Go ahead and plug um, a connection okay. point for yourself. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. You can find out with me on Facebook or Twitter. Um, you can find me at mikebarra.com. It's it's 
B-A-R-A, just one R, MikeBarra.com. You can find the choice there, links to it. You can find it on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. It's still in most bookstores uh, that are still open. You know, physical bookstores, you can usually walk <laughs> in into the metaphysical section and find a copy of it. I still find copies of it here. So um, you can get it pretty much anywhere, and I've got a YouTube channel, and all that stuff is linked really through MikeBarra.com. So come on over. I'd be uh, be happy to friend up with you. And, you know, I'm. Uh, you can catch me on Ancient Aliens once in a while, too, on the, on the History Channel. So <laughs> that's it. Thank you, Mike, so much uh, for joining us here. You're really an inspiration, and I love the information that you provide, and I really hope that people come out to um, the Alchemy event and see your presentation. So thanks again yeah, for doing this. Thank you, yeah. guys. You both rock. Thank you, Mike. We'll <laughs> see you. I'll see you soon. Saturday, yeah. All right. All right. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye. Bye, Mike. You know, I I can't get enough of Mike Barra. He um it's it's I I I love the message. I love the book. Uh listeners, if you have not read the book, um I have it on my uh my Kindle. Um it it's fabulous. He's got lots of scientific backup for for me what my heart has been speaking to for so many years. And so um just think it's really important for us to support these people that are on the front line of of getting us information and they're putting themselves out there and um i i found mike's information to really um have like energized my approach to life and everything else so um this is good stuff yeah and i i remember when we first met him and just the synchronicities were absolutely incredible <laughs> just He's such a character that, you know, I just think about um, different interactions I've had with Mike over the, um, it's it's been a year now, uh, about a year that we've been having, that I've been having contact with him. And um, it's just great. Everything from us going to see him at Barnes & Noble in, um, in Costa Mesa that one day and um, the the um, Lunar Eclipse event at, at the Elevate Estate in Ojai. I mean, just some really great events. The New Earth uh, Wisdom Tour with, with Laura and Mike Perlin and Mike Barron and myself. Um, just some really great stuff. Um, I, I'm just really pleased that, that Mike is here with us and playing the role that he's playing. Absolutely. Now, and go ahead, go ahead, Dr. Green. Well, I was going to say that what I just said about Mike, I could pretty much say about um, our next guest. And it is, well, it's because of you and, and Neil and Portal to Ascension that I met Mike Barrett. It's also because of you and Neil and Portal to Ascension that I met our next guest. Um, and so this is um, this is a real treat. We have not had um, Alfred Weber on on our broadcast, and I have to tell you that um, for us to have Alfred on tonight for like 20 minutes or 25 minutes is um, it's it's almost laughable because our normal broadcast is an hour and a half, and Alfred Weber des- deserves you know a three-hour broadcast. Um, he is an exceptional character. Um, and he's not just someone that um, I had the opportunity of getting to know from a distance. Uh, we did the tour of love, and uh, Ilya, you were with me, and Neil, and, and we made our way up to Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. 
and we had the distinct pleasure and honor of staying um, at the home of Alfred and Jimmy and, and the wonderful folks that lived there. And, um, you know, he he didn't know me for, for anything at that point. And um, we just established a really amazing friendship. And we got to do a universe of galactivation in their home with their closest circle of friends. Um, and it was so powerful and so amazing. Um, Alfred, in his own right, um, his book, Exopolitics, um, Politics, Government, and Law in the Universe, uh, was really um, groundbreaking work. Um, and he just continues to put himself out there uh, to share lots of lots of information. Um, he is in in his field. He is absolutely a powerhouse um, on on the internet and and one to really be listened to and and paid attention to. And so that is uh, my introduction of my my good friend with such deep respect, Alfred Weber. Alfred, are you with us? Yes, I am, and I feel truly humbled. <laughs> You know, and and uh, the you you really elevated the entire frequency. I think not only of our house but of our fair city here. Uh, I I appreciate hearing that. I I want to tell you that Laura and I um, are planning on coming back in the spring uh, oh, to do to do some different things, and we're really uh, oh, really excited to be coming there together and. Um, just uh, I'm excited to to have time uh uh with with you and Jerry again and um oh, great, really, really great. Looking well, we'll have to plan and we'll we'll have to coordinate all all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, most definitely. Now, you know, closer to um closer to home and the date and everything else is um this weekend you I won't be seeing you in person, but you'll be Skyping in uh, from wherever yes. you happen to be um, yes. at the Alchemy event this weekend. You'll be on the global webcast. Um, lots of stuff going on. I mean, you're, I, I, there seems to almost be um, uh, an increase in, in emails from you. It, 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 am I correct? I mean, so much is happening for you to be sharing? Well, y- y- you know, there there seems to be breaking news on so many fronts. <laughs> that that is like all of the timelines are popping off simultaneously now and and at whatever at whatever level or dimension an entity happens to be they're going through quantum change so um <laughs> there's just a lot to observe a lot to uh communicate about and a lot to learn and understand and evolve ar- around. But I I was listening to uh, Mike Barra's very inspirational talk just just before mine, and and I would really like to to uh, kind of piggyback onto what he was talking about there. My my own. Uh, my own presentation, which will be Sunday, Sunday afternoon. I, I'm I'm with the Sunday 
with the Sunday afternoon crowd, and that'll be kicked off with my good friend Princess Nakamura from Japan. She and I had a very nice lunch together at the Tokyo International Press Club when I was in in Tokyo a couple of years ago, and and she's the last. She's um, one of the last re- remaining princesses from the Meiji Emperor, but she is a prolific author of books on our multidimensional reality. So uh, there's there's all sorts of world actors that are coming together to this event. Um, David Farman, who's organizing the event, asked me to post something about it at exopolitics.com, and I did. And what I did was I posted the schedule of the three days, and I was totally in awe at the number of events, the number of people, uh, the just the amount of soul power that has been brought together, you know, in focus on one sort of alchemical uh interlude here so um all the people who are listening you 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 can either attend in person but there's also a live online fee feed and and um and you can watch the entire event live on the internet also and and um what I'm really going to talk about is how to create a positive future. And I'm approaching that in sort of a technical sense. Uh, one of the findings, uh, and this uh, gets into an area that is part of my first book in 10 years since my book, Exopolitics, which um, – appeared in the year 2000 and really um, established the whole science of exopolitics, which is the science of relations among intelligent civilizations in the multiverse. Uh, my my next book, which will be coming out uh, next year in 2012 as part of the Great Leap Forward <laughs> or Upward or Inward, uh, is called Dimensions, the Ecology of the Multiverse. And part of that is the study of time. Uh, and, and so <clears throat> what, what, uh, part of looking at how to create a positive future on Earth is looking at the issue of timelines. And folded into that is, well, what are timelines and what exactly is the third dimension, uh, kind of the time-space dimensional ecology within which we live? And one of the, um, one of the experimental findings that a uh, DARPA project, Defense Advanced Research Project Agency uh, of the Department of Defense, uh, one of their findings that I've been studying through uh, a mutual colleague of, of ours, of, of Laura's and and of, of, of Mark's and, 
of myself is uh, Andy Bashago, who who was a a project participant of that project in not, from 1968 to 1972, where uh, DARPA developed Tesla-based time travel and teleportation which essentially is the ability to move people and objects from one point in the time-space hologram to another point. And I was even visited then, or rather I was taken. uh, uh, I was then a government official in New York City. I was a general counsel of the Environmental Protection Administration in New York. And under kind of false pretenses, I was taken to a meeting of about 50 officials from DARPA's project practices, from CIA and from a bunch of other agencies who uh, had me go down and, and they said, oh, we just want to come, want to ask you to give a talk on, envir- on the environment, which I used to do all, all of the time, but their secret agenda was that they had gone into the future and they had seen some of the work that I would be doing about bringing out all of the extraterrestrials. They had a copy of my book, Exopolitics, in their possession, and they wanted to know, who is this guy? And what's he doing now, back in 1971? So I met all of these people who, in 1971, were studying timelines and sending people, you know, forward to the year 2045, back to the time of the dinosaurs, back sending people back to the uh, Lincoln, you know, to the uh, Gettysburg Address and learning how to navigate uh, the the time-space hologram. And one of the, the experimental findings of that is that our, our third-dimensional a third dimension, dimensional ecology within which we live. That, that is, you know, we, we see our planet, we see our moon, we see the, the stars, is actually a time-space hologram that is an artificial environment created by a higher intelligence. We're actually kind of in a virtual environment. And when I say we... I mean, each of us is a member of the community, uh, the intelligent, the civilization of intelligent souls. And we migrate here via interdimensional teleportation from another dimension called the interlife or the afterlife. And so we're having these experiences, virtual experiences, inside our human bodies, our 3D human bodies inside a an artificial 3D dimensional ecology which is a virtual environment created by a higher intelligence um, uh, it turns out that creation is highly uh, delegated throughout the universe so anybody that thinks that God creates everything well Whatever God or source is, God delegates. <laughs> so the whole 
who who created our 3D universe, and there are many such universes in the multiverse, uh, is still up for grabs. So we're still just learning. We don't even know how many universes there are in the multiverse. But back to the issue of are we going to have a catastrophic future or are we going to have a positive future? Here we have all sorts of kind of memes floating by. Today is November 8th, 2011, and as we speak, asteroid YU-55 is supposedly transiting somewhere between the Earth and the Moon. Some uh, researchers say, oh, it may be, uh, it may collide into the moon, in fact, may be steered in, into the moon, uh, you know, and, and, and that's kind of a catastrophic timeline. And um, if you take the positive timeline view, well, you know, it's just an asteroid which is coming by. This period was predicted by uh, a whistleblower from the uh, National Security State by the name of Dr. Werner Von Braun, who uh, on his deathbed leaked to a, a colleague of mine, Dr. Carol Rosen, who was his protege, that, that there were, uh, with the collapse of communism, they needed a permanent enemy. The, the permanent war economy always needs a permanent enemy, uh, and the permanent war economy makes its money by manipulating both sides or all sides of a conflict and making the money off of all sides. So with the collapse of communism, then uh, the next enemy was uh, terrorism, and we had 9-11 to create the war on terror. So his, his whistleblowing was accurate there. He died prior to 9-11. And, that, and then he said the next enemy is going to be the war against the asteroids. Well, he's accurate there again. You know, we had the war against Elenin and the war against Nibiru, and now we're going to have the war against YU-55. Why? All of this relates to timelines and time. Because timelines are regulated by consciousness. From a technical point of view, one can, inside this 3D hologram, this virtual reality in which we live, it's actually composed of a series of parallel timelines. More or less, and you can look at timelines as a phenomenon which is very familiar to those who live in Southern California. Those kind of 12-lane highways, uh, which I've never seen in any other part of the world. And, and that is, for example, you can look at timelines as a 25-lane highway. And there's a principal timeline going down the middle, and there are 12 lanes to the left and 12 lanes to the right. And each of those lanes represents a particular timeline. As you go more to the left, 
the reality inside that timeline becomes more and more catastrophic. As you go more and more to the right, the reality inside those timelines becomes more and more positive, such that the the reality in the timeline, the most to the right, you could call it, quote, heaven on earth. And the reality uh, in the... In the timeline, most of the left, you could call it, quote, hell on earth. You know, uh, uh, th- that that picture where a huge asteroid hits earth uh, with a solar flame, there's a an axis shift, uh, uh, there are no coastal cities left, the surface population is killed off, and only the Illuminati and their minions are saved in underground bases. That's a picture which no longer exists. That was a picture which the Illuminati uh, created uh, centuries ago and attempted to implement in the 1970s, which they actually saw in time travel experiments through Project Pegasus. And in a March uh 2010 the largest experiment done by the Farsight Institute under Dr. Courtney Brown it was the largest experiment done with military trained uh remote viewers 39% of the the re- remote viewers picked up on a 2013 catastrophic timeline in which for example, the U.S. Capitol was under underwater and rubble. Uh, the Sydney Opera House no longer existed. There were no buildings left in any coastal cities. There was no transportation. There were no people. And uh, that's an extreme catastrophic timeline. But 29% of the, the remote viewers saw a normal... Um, uh, a a normal uh, uh, you know future well these are some of the issues that I'll be covering and so I'd like to pause here and see if you'd like to ask a question about this yeah, um hello Alfred by the way. Um I loved your um your talk and I want to ask you as we're coming soon to um closing what your thoughts are on 111111 and if you see it as sort of a nexus point where the shifting and the splitting of the timelines are very apparent. So tell us about your thoughts on 111111 and also what can people do individually to help the earth shift into a positive timeline on that day. Yeah. Okay, I'll be very, very brief. Um, It's not that the negative timelines and the positive timelines are splitting. It's that we're shifting over into, we're changing lanes from, we're changing lanes over into more positive timelines to the right. Uh, there, there are people putting out pictures that, oh, this is when the the uh, 
third dimensional Earth and the fourth dimensional Earth split, or this is when some people go down 3D and some people go down 4D. I don't believe that to be the case. I believe that scientifically there's a different model, and the model is that we're shifting from one of the negative lanes of those 25 lanes, and we're shifting over gradually to more and more positive lanes. And the way that we individually can participate uh, in this shift is just to be awake about this, internalize it, and just always look for the positive shift because that's what scientifically is occurring. We're on a positive timeline. And no matter how much people want to throw up fear tactics, that has nothing to do with anything. That's not what's happening on the ruling timeline in our 3D created virtual carnival experience. Thank you so much, Alfred, for your wonderful positive message. And I, again, advise people to tune in to your presentation at the Alchemy event as I'm sure um, you're going to talk about some more extremely interesting information. So very grateful for uh, you being on our show, and I look forward to speaking to you again, Tim. Great. Thank, Alfred, thank you. I, I'm so appreciative of you being here uh, with us tonight. I have such tremendous um, respect for you, and and you you must know that you know I sort of feel like Laura and I anchor the um the Alfred Weber fan club um here in the universe uh wow. and so the fact that that we've been brought together and and we both um you know really respect honor and and truly love you um means so much um I'll speak for me right now means so much to me so I thank you uh, I love that you're you're part of the alchemy event and uh supporting all that's going on, your emails, um, your Facebook posts, um, you know, are very enlightening and very helpful for all of us. Um, we got Fred in the chat room saying, awesome job, Alfred. Um, Thank you. And, and just one of many people um, out there that also support you. Now, uh, give us give us a, a point of connection for people that, that want more um, information and want to connect directly with you. Where, where would they find you? Sure. Uh, people can go to exopolitics.com. Exopolitics.com is a news portal on exopolitics, and there's a link up at the top, it says e- email me, and you just click there, and it's very, very easy. Well, that's great. And um, I look forward to um, to uh, listening to you and watching you on the big screen um, on Sunday, but I'm really looking forward to us getting uh, up to Vancouver. And, uh, you know, oh, great. As, as I watch Laura get ready for um, the South Africa event, um, i got to say I'm a little oh, envious. Yeah. Um, then I'm not going to be there with you guys. Oh, but I'm sure you'll you enjoy it and bring you bring a lot of enlightenment wherever you go. So thank you so much for being on the program tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. All right. Take care now. Okay. Bye bye. Ilya. Yes, brother. <laughs> Alfred <laughs> Weber, Mike Barra. I mean. Wow, man! I'm these, telling you, these are the heavyweights, man. We're we're bringing in the big leagues now. You know, it's 
it's game time. I love it. We we've come a long way with this broadcast, and um, it's it's tonight is just particularly touching me having um, some of my very favorite people on. I'm I'm watching the chat room. Some of my some of my very favorite people are hanging out in the chat room. You know, we've got I don't know, 40, 50, 30, I don't know, a lot of people in the chat room right now. Um, yeah, just a great broadcast. And so you know, we have another guest tonight. Yes, and why don't you go ahead and introduce her? You know what, I I think I'm probably pretty good to introduce her. Um, Our guest is none other than uh, Laura Magdalene Eisenhower. And she is, I mean, I don't even know where to start um, with this. I had heard about uh, Laura Eisenhower uh, before I ever started following her on Facebook and before I met her through you, Ilya. I mean, God, I'm starting to see how you've connected a lot of dots for me. This is this is big. Well, it's and, you know I'm just ahead. a reflection, and I just wanted to mention that you know we're we're all just doing what the divine has brought us to do. So I appreciate it, brother. But it's just source working through me, as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a compliment. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, Laura is an absolutely amazing being. Um, in addition to being uh, my sacred union partner, which um, is everything in the world to me, um, what I see in her is a person that is so laser focused on her mission that um, her entire life has been about this. Um, I mean, I've been a good person my whole life, but I didn't step into my mission until about eight or nine years ago and fully stepped into it about two and a half years ago. Well, Laura's been living this her entire life, and um, she is an extraordinary, extraordinary person, and uh, it's it's going to be a treat. She's doing quite a bit um, at the Alchemy event um, and will be there the whole time, and so, you know, I could go on and on. Um, you know, giving accolades and and everything else uh, to Laura, but um, in in recognition of the the time we have left, I'm just going to go ahead and introduce her. Laura, are you with us? Yes, I am. Well, welcome to the broadcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I have to tell you, you and Mike Barra um, share the honor of having been on the broadcast um, the the most number of times. Wow, what an honor. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So um, here we are. We're headed into 11-11-11. Um, lots of excitement about this date. Lots of excitement about all sorts of things that are going on. Now, I know you pay particular attention to the planetary alignments and, and how the energies are, and you're you're really connected to the energies of, of Gaia and, and this sort of universal love consciousness. Share with us, you know, uh, you know, what 11, 11, 11 is to you and kind of where we're at in the grand scheme of things. Well, um, where we are in the grand scheme of things, to me this is just, you know, really the beginning. I think, you know, everything everything before now has been just really an incredible learning experience for everybody, um, really seeing the dark side and what that represents and, uh, you know, what does it do to each of us individually. 
And what does, you know, our higher self show us individually? And what does our personality nature do to sort out these different forces that we're dealing with? And um, I think what it comes down to is really that inner work. And so, you know, one of my titles being Global Alchemist kind of takes that inner work and really, you know, works on a global level, but inside, you know, really the soul of the earth, really the process of its own regeneration and its own transformation from all the insults that it's taken. So when we focus on the inner in ourselves and then we see ourselves in the larger scheme of things, we can play our part. We can do, um, you know, both. We can activate our own transformation and in turn, you know, share it with the collective by being in unified consciousness and understanding the planetary forces, understanding the elements, understanding, um, you know, certain things that um, play a huge part in um, allowing this, these alignments to really manifest on Earth so that we are receiving it, we are vessels for it, and we are the action of the Creator. We let it work through us. So, you know, when people say stuff like, you know, well, if God really cared, God would intervene. And I say, well, God, goddess is through us, and it's our awakening that is creating the shift. And so we're, of course, cosmically supported. There's everything going on in the cosmos right now that is, you know, leading to, you know, this ascension. And the thing is we're already ascended beings, we're already enlightened beings, but we've been dealing with this invasion and this incredible um, darkness that has really tested us. And so it kind of leads to a whole other growth, which is the birth of a whole new world. Because uh, in a sense, even though we're already enlightened beings, we're experiencing physical reality. And that physical reality has challenged all of us because in a sense it gives us this feeling of identity. And uh, in identity, we can fall prey to being separate from our higher self or lose ourselves to other people's belief systems and programming. So as we are enlightened beings, we're trying to get our personality, identity self in alignment to that rather than the forces that wish to lead us astray and take us farther away from who we really are, which is enlightened, which is divine. And so, you know, everything going on in the cosmos is a real gift to us. Um, our personal astrology charts and the larger, you know, cosmic, um, uh, you know, alignments and from a day-to-day, you know, level, just, you know, anything the planets are doing, they all affect us differently based on what we're born with, the energies that we're born with, the soul agreements that we've made. But collectively, um, it has, you know, obviously the, the, the wholeness and the oneness has a, an impact on all of us. And um, so really right now, um, you know, I, I, I tell people since the beginning of time, the greatest gift that we've been given is Kundalini, our, the Zodiac, um, in order to, you know, ensure that we will reach our goal and create that alignment. And if we understand the myths and the stories, we can see how to really understand them and decode them in our own way rather than how it's been written and told. Um, you know, things like the snake of the tree of life, you know, what does that really mean? It's been changed and altered so that we don't understand that it more than likely or if anything represents our kundalini knowledge. The tree of good and evil is about knowledge. It's about awakening that primal force within. And uh, that separation is, you know, this this challenge of, you know, misunderstanding it and saying, wait a second, this is not about anybody else's information but our own. And that all these blueprints, all these symbols, all these myths are about its inner story. And that when we can, you know, take our power back and interpret it for ourselves, then we've really given our chance, ourselves the chance to experience it in a personal way rather than sorting out information, which our mind processes and takes us out of our heart and our spirit and our soul essence because we're trying to solve everything and figure it out through intellect and through rationality. And so, you know, what I try and encourage is that people really look at it and, and see them as all parts of ourselves. And same with, you know, archetypes. 
And if we can see that we're made of all of it and everything in the cosmos, it's up to us to arrange it into balance and harmony. And then we emit that frequency that is basically cosmic, earthly, and underworld, you know, the mother womb, in harmony. And when we can master that in ourselves, that's the gift we share with the world. And so these alignments are always supporting this process that we will find within ourselves that alignment and that connection. And some do it sooner than others and some later, but on the cosmic level, these are the probabilities of how it's all unfolding in the collective conscience. So 11-11-11 represents to me a huge moment for us all to recognize this awakening and this rebirth, um, even though some might have reached it a long time ago, maybe in past lives, maybe they've never lost it, and maybe for some this is just beginning to happen, but this is a chance on a cosmic level for those who have never really, you know, had an opportunity to understand it, to really receive, um, you know, this, this energy, to really feel it, um, because it's not just coming from the cosmos. Many of us are stepping into it, which has given it a lot of, um, even more power. It's not like people are bypassing this day and they're going to miss the mark. People are really paying attention. They're paying attention to the numbers 1111. They're paying attention to what 2012 is about. And it's not about anybody else's information, but, but staying present with those energies and saying, okay, this is an incredible day. These are powerful numbers. These, are, you know, these represent you know, an incredible amount of wisdom and unity consciousness energies and the opening up of being able to see past the veils. And uh, see what the Illuminati agendas and these lower agendas like to do is trip us up so that when these power days happen or when, you know, the cosmos is being supported for us to really just wake up in our own lives or be aligned, they like to create false flag events or, you know, something in the external world happens or some sort of disinfo or weirdness happens. And just as we're about to take a step up, we turn our attention to these lies and these deceits and we go into fear and trauma. And so this is a chance on 11.11 to say, you know what, let's tune all that out and focus amongst all of us and use this power day in this window period. I mean, every day to me is a power day. I don't, I mean, I understand the numbers, the alignments, the astrology and all this, but I'm also like thinking way beyond that. And I don't feel ruled by time or numbers or astrology. I think that they are assisting us to get beyond, but, and they're useful right now. They're everything. Um, But ultimately we're we're going beyond the stars. We are working on co-creation the source energy, not just being ruled by the stars and numbers. Um, but we have to, you know, kind of have that guidance right now because we're dealing with such opposition. So this weekend and just, you know, these sort of events, you know, are really critical to just say, hey, it's time to just tune out all that negativity and all that darkness. Maybe we can discuss it and bring it into what we're sharing, but not as a focus, not as a reality, but as a way to see the shadow side of ourselves, the shadow side of humanity, and the places in us that have been asleep or in darkness or feeding that system or, you know, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable for it to come into our lives and shake things up in a negative way. And so when we can share those things but not have it be the focus and have the true reality be the focus, we can, you know, let that be released into the compost and let the true light come in. And that's what the alchemy is about. That's what global alchemy is about. And that's what transformation is about. It's paying attention, you know, of what needs to go and what needs to stay instead of, you know, letting go of those moments of strength and power and, and making those, you know, energies go away in exchange for fear or, you know, duality or, you know, some kind of battle about information. It's really about being heart-centered. And uh, so my real focus for this weekend is to get us just in that frame of mind to share the information, to share the traps, the pitfalls, and the places within ourselves that we can really connect with to give us the relief and give us the grounding and give us the stability that we need um, and then, you know, to, to share that with others 
so that we keep strengthening that unified field because it acts as this incredible force field. And, um, you know, it's already activated, but our job is to be guardians of it, to respect it, to, to, to embody it, and to um, help activate it in others by seeing the spirit in them instead of the programmings or issues that they've adopted and to help them step out of that um, manipulation that's been happening and, and to have that compassion so that we don't hold blame or judgment and um, we can just hold hands and walk out of this, these ashes together like the phoenix and just and really rise into our truth and into something extremely familiar. This is, you know, a new era, but it's also returning to something very familiar, something very much um, just our source, our, our true home. So very excited and um, it's a great panel and uh, it's a really important, beautiful time to celebrate um, where we're headed and who we are. Well, I love it. One one of the things that um, has always impressed me about your message, Laura, is that while you do, uh, you know, assist us in focusing on a lot of the things that are going on outside of us, uh, chemtrails, shadow government, you know, this, that, and the other, you masterfully bring it back to the inner work for each of us as individuals, that, that that's the, the – the the highest level of what we can do to really to really shift and everything else is giving us I don't know, maybe an opportunity to wake up and then turn within and and um, you know really do what we can do inside of ourselves. Right. I love it. Now, yeah. Lee, I know you have a question. Yeah, I was uh, listening to you, Laura, speak, and I I love everything that you're saying. And I know that a lot of what you represent has to do with the Magdalene Sophia energy complex. And I want you to talk a little bit about the rise in the divine feminine and what kind of a role that has on us as an individual and on us as a humanity on Earth. Oh, great, yeah. Um, well, everybody has obviously this energy in them. We have the divine masculine and feminine energies. And the reason, you know, I, I focus on the feminine always, you know, working in union with the with the divine masculine is because this, this aspect has been very exiled, very ignored, very um, mistreated, very uh, sort of veiled with, you know, other identities, other energies, other sub sub energies that um aren't really true to the to the feminine. Um I mean they're a part of the experience for, for many and I'm not in judgment at all when I when I share this, but there's a core essence that has been very difficult for people to access. Um, sometimes people are buried in their insecurities, or they're you know they're they're working from a program that takes them further and further away um, from you know this part of themselves, which is actually the missing link right now. Um, it's been extremely targeted. Uh, the archons, which are you know a lower ET race, um, which some can consider demons and represent demonic consciousness, you know seeks to diminish us and um, and uses you know the energy to control us. I mean, it, it kind of sabotages it from us and then uses it because it's like the cosmic power. It's like it's like connected to, um, you know, the mother womb. It's connected to creativity. It's connected to regeneration. It's connected to, um, uh, like, everything. I mean, birthing, uh, you know, intuition, you know, just, just deep connection to Gaia and the cosmos. Um, and so they've mastered the occult. They understand all of it to the point where, they've manipulated us away from it and they've, they've kind of programmed us to not understand it or resonate with it or even connect with it. And so they use that, you know, our ignorance to it. They use 
you know, the force that still remains because it's something that is available to all of us. It's within, it's surrounding us. And they take that energy and they harness it and they um, use it in their rituals. And that's why we hear about, you know, ritual abuse going on and how they affect the grid lines and how heart technologies are used. I mean, so basically the divine feminine and Gaia are going through the same thing where, you know, there's technological control, there's, you know, oil spills and ozone layer holes and, you know, extinctions. And so we have to look at our own lives. You know, where is the feminine in us? And is it similar to Gaia? Well, yes, because Gaia is the divine feminine in many ways. It's the goddess energy, you know, in union with the masculine. And if we see what Gaia as a planetary body has been through, we can start to say, well, that divine feminine energy in us is going through something similar. The spirit of it is incorruptible and can't be harmed. But, you know, the, the depletion of our awareness of her is mirrored in the way our planetary body is, you know, with all these things that I just named. So this archonic force represents like the lower creator God, and I won't go into detail about the origins of that, but it's connected to Gnosticism and what they understood, even though it, it's labelless. It doesn't, it's not about, you know, what group or sect understand it. Um, but there's, you know, this other force that wishes to control it. So where do we see that play out in our lives? We've seen this, you know, thousands of years of this patriarchal force, a lot of men carrying a control energy, you know, a lot of women feeling very repressed, a lot of men feeling very out of touch with their feminine side or very much in judgment of it and their emotions. And so, you know, there's nothing in the larger world that we can't see in our own lives, you know, is playing out. And that's why that's the place to solve it. So if we see it in the larger, we have to look at our own selves and say, where are these same conditions happening and how can we solve it within ourselves, in our relationships and in our communities? So if we want sacred union, we have to say, you know, be devoted to creating archetypal harmony, stopping the control games from the masculine side and stopping the victim consciousness from the feminine or whatever sort of energies or, you know, because it's going to take all different, like, aspects. You know, the feminine has to carry the warrior to be able to overcome it and the man has to get in touch with the feminine in order to come down a notch and not be so controlling. So whatever recipe or whatever energy they're working with anybody, because it's going to be different for each of us, that is, you know, where we need to work on it, to understand the larger, to heal the larger. And so, you know, when we look at myths, ancient myths, we hear, you know, myths about Persephone being abducted by Hades. Well, these myths, this is the story of the soul. We see, you know, the story of the soul played out through these myths, through these stories, and then we see the planetary body and how the history of her experiences played out, and then we see the politics. We see the shadow government, we hear about the Illuminati, and then we see these power structures lying to us. So we have to look at the multidimensional nature of everything and see how similar all these different things are, but they're manifesting in a different part. You know, we have a mental body, a physical body, a spiritual body, and a soul body. And so when we look at that on the multidimensional cosmic earth level, you know, what are the conditions of it and how does it relate to us? And when we take the responsibility within ourselves, we change all of this. So on a soul level, we see like Persephone get abducted by Hades, which means the divine feminine has been almost abducted from all of us. That's a part of all of our story. Um, you know, Ariadne walking the maze of the labyrinth in order to overcome the patriarchal forces. We hear about Inanna going through the, you know, different levels of hell, the, the seven levels of hell in order to unite with her sister who lays in rage in order to create the wholeness again because her aspects are all split apart because of this control force. And it's not about gender blame because we all carry masculine and feminine energies. So, you know, just to name a few of those myths, of course, there's the Sophia myth and the story of how matter in the physical world was created. So um, I guess, you know, to, to sort of round out this question, um, it's very important for us to see and understand this so that we can start to look at, you know, 
what are the missing links? You know, if, if these are the insults, what do we need to empower? What we, do we need to embody? What do we need to step into? What do we need to really get in touch with in order to restore, um, the, you know, take things that have been depleted, bring it back to wholeness and balance, and take the things that have been to the extreme and start to work on bringing it back to center in ourselves. You know, are we too controlling? Do we, do we get jealous easily? Do, are we insecure? Are we in pain? You know, really looking at ourselves and understanding that we're made up of all these archetypes. Every force in creation, we're carrying a part of it. And we create our own, you know, different um, mixes of it. And that's what the astrology, um, our natal chart, shows us. How do all these different forces work in us? And what, you know, where does, where does it show up? You know, the different houses are different aspects of our lives. You know, the 12th house is about spirituality, mysticism, and also escapism. The first house is about the self and identity, but it's also, you know, about, you know, where we um, can't step into, you know, who we are um, because our identity is separate than our, you know, true soul essence. So one can see, you know, are we really representing who we are? Are we wearing masks? and other identities in order to protect something that we can't step into or we're afraid of. And um, so the story of the feminine and the focus that, you know, we, we would want to give her is that we want her to rise out of exile. We want her to overcome these forces. And uh, many of us have, and that's been the journey. And when we do this, you know, the, the imbalances of our culture iron themselves out. That's a quote from uh, Caitlin Matthews in one of her books. As the goddess rises so too do the imbalance of our world um, iron themselves out because that control force, that dominating force, the deceit, the lies, you know, they, they can't handle the frequency because the very thing that they've tried to push out of the way to have control is coming back. And that's the one thing that they've tried to trick us away from, that they've tried to undermine and, and mistreat to the point of traumatizing that energy so much that, it's, that it doesn't know who it is anymore. And the beauty is that did not work. Um, my path has played out where I, you know, was very in touch with those energies, and there was no way any of that was going to work on me. And that's, you know, what the Mars recruitment represented to me, a control force wanting to take me to another planet that represents that male dominance, that power. And, uh, you know, I really just decided, you know, I want to raise the vibration of Mars. I don't want to turn it into an enemy or that whole agenda or that whole recruitment. I want to raise the energy of the willfulness of Mars and the power-hungry, sort of dominant nature of Mars, and raise it to divine will, because will and power are connected. The divine will is connected to source energy, and that's the most ultimate agenda, and that's the one that's going to win. So when we realize this, we become players. We become activators. We become the consciousness that sees to it that this transformation happens. Yes, it's cosmically supported, but if we ignore it, if we're asleep, if we don't care, it's not going to be able to work through us. It's not going to be able to take physical manifestation, which is what the physical represents. It's our chance to embody and take this world to a level of, we can call it heaven on earth, we can call it nirvana, we can call it, you know, the lifting of the veils and the multidimensional experience that allows us to reconnect with our universal family, all aspects of who we are, our higher abilities, you know, the activation of our DNA, the jump DNA, and everything that we have forgotten. And see, the key piece is the divine feminine. And she's not just been targeted as a planetary body with all the insults of extinctions and oil spills and harp technologies and all that control. It's been, you know, targeted in the rituals um, and uh, the, the Illuminati. I mean, they targeted her and they named it. And, and they said that they specifically were targeting Sophia. And um, they have all the numerology and all the occult knowledge to really, you know, just create any sort of anything that they can to, to make sure that we're not in touch with that. And then we're dealing with time travel teleportation and the manipulation of timelines 
and, um, you know, the rewriting of history so that we don't even know how to connect with her through reading about it because everything has been changed. Now, that's just through our education systems, but when we really look at the bookstore now, we find a lot of alternative writing, you know, different than what we learned in school, and we're starting to see that all that information is available, most especially available within ourselves, which is the most potent and true place to discover it. And then, you know, once we do that inner work, it's really nice to be validated by finding, you know, a source outside just to say, yes, you're on the right track. Awesome. I'm just loving this, and we're, we've got to um, – we've got to – Thank you now for being on. Um, now, just real quickly, what will you be doing at um, the Alchemy event? Well, I'll be uh, talking on two panels, one on Friday, one on, I think it's Sunday. Um, and then I'll be talking on Saturday. I, I have to just double-check the time because it's changed. But I will be, you know, talking about Global Alchemy, the Goddess Sophia, the Return of the Divine Feminine, um, the ending of the military-industrial complex, and just, you know, really how all these pieces actually do connect. And uh, so when we can see the synergistic connection of all of it, we can really heal the whole matrix and take it out of the false matrix back to the organic path of light, which is absolutely in everything that's crumbling the old system and birthing the new one. And that's, that happens within ourselves. And when we all commit to that, then the global energies will, will shift drastically as they already are. Perfect. Well, anyone can get um, the exact times at alchemyevent.com. Uh, there's special pricing on the global webcast. Laura will be on that. The, the panels will be part of that. Um, and so go to the website and sign up for that right away. And Laura, thank you so much for the amazing work that you're doing out there for all of us and for being on the broadcast tonight and um, for everything we're going to get to experience this weekend at the Alchemy event. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Laura, as well for myself. Now, Dr. Dream, um, you are also going to be um, presenting a Universal Love Delactivation at the Alchemy event, so why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you're going to be doing uh, on that day? Oh, perfect. We've got just a little bit of time left, about a minute, so I'll be quick. Um, on 11.11, from 10.20 in the morning till um, a little bit after 11, uh, we will be doing a uh, Galactivation experience, really opening up those hearts and um, kind of setting the foundation for them to to be, um, you know, ready for the ascension process that uh, David Farman will take us through and the rest of the crew. Um, we've got a panel uh, that afternoon uh, that I'll be um, emceeing about where we go from here. There'll be a panel that I'll be on on Sunday evening, and then we're just going to be there the whole time, um, you know, kind of soaking everything in and meeting people and, and just being part of this amazing energy. So, um, again, check out alchemyevent.com. Um, get your friends together, have a three-day little party at your place, wherever you are in the world, get the global webcast, and um, we'll love to have you join us. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for um, holding this sacred space for everyone that's tuning in, and I really appreciate your light and your love, and continue to be who you are and be the amazing example of pure unconditional presence and authenticity. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, Ilya, for everything. This has been a great broadcast tonight, and we'll be sure to get this uh, posted so um, you can have other uh, people listen to it, anyone that wasn't able to be here. And uh, we so appreciate our speakers and, and all that they're bringing out to the world. And so um, thank you all. We'll be back next week with Marie Jones, um, a wonderful author. And the following week we'll be back with um, Gary Malkin, a um, Emmy uh, award-winning composer. So um, we've got a great lineup coming up. Thank you all so much, and um, just keep spreading the love and uh, standing your truth. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.